Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Yeah, you know, I talk about peer pressure, and wanting to get something right now. When I was 19 years old, I got my first like real job. I'd been working since I was 12, but like, oh, wow, I started making $7 an hour. That's the most I'd ever made up to then. And I started working a lot and I started getting a raise over time and a lot of hours. And so that was when I was 19. At 22 years old, I bought my first house. I put $32,000 down. It was better, way better house than my parents who lived in a tiny little townhouse in a bad neighborhood. I moved away to LA from the San Francisco Bay Area and I bought an actual standalone house, three bed, two bath in a way better neighborhood. To get to that, to be able to buy that house, what did I have to do? Well, I was making less money than a lot of my friends and they were living it up. They were having beautiful cars and going out all the time and vacations and living it up. I wasn't. I had to put off that because I knew that I had a better reason, a good reason to do it, right? For me, it was buying a house. You know what I ended up doing with the house? I was 22 years old, no kids, not married, nothing. I rented out the extra two bedrooms and I kept the master bedroom and bathroom for myself. Those two guys paid my mortgage, paid my property taxes, <laughs> helping me with a lot of those expenses. And that enabled me to keep buying houses. Every year for four years, every September, I bought a house. And I was able to, all of that started happening. My net worth started growing and I started having cash flow, all these good things because I didn't go buy the fancy car today because I didn't go to that expensive vacation today. I just put my head down and worked for three and a half years from 19 to 22. And then I got the rewards. That's a good example of doing it in a short time. Sometimes the reward comes after 10 years or 20 years or whatever. Yeah. But that, that's the point. I had to put off and do the right thing and work really hard to get to where I wanted to be. And I do not regret it. I did not lose out on my youth. Those guys were all getting drunk and going out all the time and doing stupid things. I was just working. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, from the athletic standpoint, I heard that a lot too. You know, obviously growing up as a pretty competitive athlete, I mean, I delayed gratification all day long, right? Because <laughs> like, it was like, hey, man, I'd love to go out with my friends on Friday night, except I've got a big match or the biggest game of my life, at least to this date, tomorrow morning at, you know, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm not going out with my friends to one in the morning on Friday. I need to be physically and mentally prepared for what's about to happen tomorrow. And so that was just a decision I made. And people thought like, oh man, what a sacrifice, Trent. I'm like, I never looked at it as a sacrifice. I was like, hey man, this is what I want. This is the choice that I'm making because that gets me here. Like like to, to do where I want to go here, I got to do this today to get there. And Man, I feel like I think we've lost that in our instruction. Like, I feel like, you know, we lost, I, I had a poster in my room as a kid and it was like the big house on the hill, you know, and like the three sweet cars parked in the driveway. And on the top, it said justification for higher education. Now, I never looked at that. And this will probably throw people off. Like, I never looked at that like, oh, I need a PhD in something. I needed higher education, whether I got that from Joel Gandara, the world extraordinaire entrepreneur, or 
the best athlete in the world who could tell me the route that they took. Education comes in all sorts of forms, right? It doesn't mean, oh, I need a piece of paper and a degree to say, hey, I've got this now. Not that I'm saying it hurts, right? Because we know only 20% of our workforce have it. So there's a huge value in that. But man, I've never stopped learning because of that justification, man. Like get the time in and you can't take the education away. Right, yeah, for me, standard education in a school is okay, but learning through life, through experiences of other people, through reading and putting into action what you read, to me, that's been way more valuable than anything I learned in school. Yeah, I think I love that about your book, right? The 31 days. I mean, every day is like, take it action. Like, this is awesome that you read that. This is a good message for you. Well, that's great. And probably, and I'm guilty of it too. I read a lot. I mean, I don't know how much I read and I'm able to like, Wow, that's fabulous. I'm going to implement that or execute on that on that matter today and be able to do it well. Because we go out and we try it and we fail, right? Like we're like, "Oh man, it really looked good on paper when I saw it in the book." And then when I tried it, I kind of mucked it up because I really know how to do it exactly right. And so instead of like, "Hey, try it again. Try it again. Try it again." I'll be, like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm a failure. I just jacked it up the first time. Well, that, I can't do it." That comes from academia, I believe. Because you take a test, you fail, and you, they make you feel like a loser. You know, have you you're ever not seen good it? at it. Yeah, you're not good. You're not good at chemistry because you got a sixty-one percent. So you right. could never be a chemist, Joel, because yeah. you missed almost forty percent of the time. So you should probably choose something else. Yeah, but in school that happens. That's the message, and then you got to go take another test in a month, and you're already down because you did so bad. Because it's all about passing yeah. this test. Life is the opposite. Life is go ahead, fail today, do it again tomorrow. And you failed again. Okay, but you got a little better. And there's nobody keeping track. It doesn't matter. Just keep making these mistakes. You know, and that's that's somewhat of a cultural thing too. In certain countries, you can't fail. I just saw a documentary that in that said that there are very few comedians in Asia, like in China, there aren't very many comedians. Why? Because culturally it's bad to fail. You yeah. can't fail. And how does a comedian become good? You got to keep failing and bombing. Oh, and, and it takes years. You see a, a great comedian today, watch their early work. They weren't that good. And then they refine their craft. Oh, yeah. How do you put yourself out there and keep failing when in a culture or an education like it is here in the U.S. where failing is looked at as such a bad. Well, and, and I think like even to go further on that, like the humor is in the failing, right? Like it's really funny when you look back and go, oh my gosh, look at me mucking this thing up on this video. Like, yeah, I'm really good now. Like, and you probably think like, wow, he never sucked at this. You know, like, I'm like, oh no, no, no. I really sucked at this. Like one time, like watch this stupid crap. Like I was thinking was a good idea. Right. And you're like, oh, and you look back and you're like, man, you know, it wasn't really that funny in the moment, but now I look back and it's pretty funny, you know, like man, that's how like, life is. That's how life is, right? And that's so good. So let's talk about, you know, our, our show's all about, you know, winners when shown data that they're losing, find a way to win. I love that quote from the four disciplines of execution. And I want to take you back to a time like, man, you, you know, you, you have an amazing story, which we'll come back to on the underwear station, how you really got into that. But like, you've gone through challenging times, man. And, you know, on that business alone, you know, you, you started with very little, I mean, this is baby steps. This is one thing at a time. And you said very organic, but you know, this is, this is the, the 20 year overnight sensation, right? Because if someone goes, Oh, listen, tell me about 1997 to 1998. And you're like, Oh, my growth was this big. <laughs> like, and I did it 335 days of the year where, you know, and 
I was moving the needle forward, but man, these are baby steps. This was not like leaps and bounds every moment. I'm just killing it. Right. So walk me through the first, you know, one of those big challenges of, you know, developing that. Yeah. So the first challenge is getting going. Hardest thing ever. I just found a video that I never put on YouTube or anything, but I found it this morning and it's very old. It's like four years ago. And I went on a 21 mile run. And I said in the video right before I started, I said, okay, 21 miles, I'm going to run today nonstop. Here's the hardest part. It's that first step. It really is. It's always hard to get that inertia going. Once you take the first step, guess what? The second, third, fourth, fifth, it's all the same. You're just on autopilot. Your body moves. I think the same thing in everything that we do in business and everything. I hear a lot of people talk about their ideas and then here's what I'm thinking for our business. And they'll reach out to me. I'll talk to them once. And then a year or two later, I'll talk to them again or run into them or whatever it is. And they'll, they'll still be in the same stage. They'll tell yeah. me they're still thinking of doing this business. For me, it, it's just action. I got to test something. I'm so curious to know if something's going to work that I got to go test it. So for me, those early challenges were getting going. And how did I do that? I, you know, I hustled all through elementary and middle school and high school and I made money. But one of the things that I did that led to where I am today was going to garage sales. I don't know if that's still a thing, if that's the thing to do, but that's what worked for me years ago in the 90s. Went to garage sales, I'd buy stuff that I thought could do well and I'd take it to the flea market. I found a guy selling underwear samples from a major corporation. And these, he was an independent rep. These were his leftover samples for the season. And he sold them, he sold them for $3. I talked him down to a dollar. I bought 500 of them, everything he had, cleared them out, took it to the flea market. I made $3,000, bought them for a dollar, sold them for six. And, th- and this is where you started becoming the underwear guy because yeah. it wasn't the product that you were in love with. It was the opportunity. Oh, if I, my wish would have been baseball gloves, baseball bats, something at the time that I was really into. I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, 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 so my yeah. passion is not in a product or a physical and material thing or a service. My passion was getting something going, building something, getting out of poverty, getting out of the neighborhood that I grew in. I knew I wanted to buy a house and I wanted to get out of there. That was my number one driver, getting out of that neighborhood because I hated every day that I came home from since a little kid to 22. So that was the motivation. That was the challenge is to get out there and do something about it. There was an evolution. I didn't keep doing flea markets. I discovered eBay back in 1999 and I started selling on there. And one step, you know, we can cover that if you'd like, but one step after another, it went, it got going. But that was the hardest thing for me it was just starting and not knowing how to start and not knowing who to talk to who could give me the advice to start. I never had that. Mm. I just went and tried a bunch of stuff and saw what worked, did more of that. Saw what didn't work, stopped doing that. Well, I, th- I think one of the things now looking back, right? And like, you're, you know, you could have been, you know, the CEO of Easton Bats, you know, like a big brand in baseball, like, and you, you, you found this and you hustled with this, but maybe one of the things our audience and, and people out there don't know is like, there's hundreds of vehicles to get you where you want to go right around you. And if you're only going, well, I need a hybrid that gets, you know, 40 miles to the, to the unit. And I only take it in yellow. And like, if you're going to narrow this all down, like, Hey, guess what? Like, it's not going to come in a perfectly packaged with a bow. It's going to be like, there's a bunch of vehicles. And if you want to get there, get in one of them and get moving as opposed to spending the next 40 years deciding which vehicle you can tolerate. Absolutely. Just like my first house wasn't my dream house. I just bought that house. And I fortunately, I did what I did. I rode this equity wave, right? Like people have done. Just move forward and get it going. Yeah, I didn't. I never had a vision of exactly, I had a vision of what my life could look like, the house I might live in, all that stuff as a kid. But I didn't know how to get there. I just knew I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to try different things. Yeah, don't limit yourself to this one. All the stars don't have to be aligned. Things don't have to be perfect for you to move forward. And action is very easy. 
I have somebody who emailed me recently about a business idea that they have, and they took forever. They told me they were going to send me that. Something like six months passed by, and then he said, well, I just want to make sure I had everything perfect. Mm. Well, I could already poke holes in your perfect presentation, and that's good. I want to poke holes in it to help you get to the next yeah. step, but we could have done that six months ago. You've just yeah. wasted six months. Usually that tells me that person is not going to make it. They're dragging mm. their feet that much, and they're not just getting going. That's usually a sign. So if nothing else, to the people who are out there who like to move quick, I commend you. To me, that's the way that we get results. Yeah, and there's this there's this little term called MVP, which is a minimal viable product. And I've often talked to a bunch of software friends and developers, and they're like, if you're not fully embarrassed by the first release, you're too late. <laughs> like they, you you are not going to get it perfect. Like, oh my gosh, look, it's going to be packaged up. Like, you know, this gonna really looks like shit, and we're going to fix it. But like, I got to get it selling. Like, I got to get moving. And and we can do. You know, and I always tell people. You know, I'm on Trent Clark version five three point right? Like, like I am, I keep bettering myself. I'm a version every year because I get to meet great people like you. And I'm like, man, that's great. I really learned this from Joel. I got to apply that in my life. And so that Trent Clark 5.4.0 is better next year, right? Like, so I'm, I'm a better version. And so the software, we, we see it like, oh, hey, do you got the Apple V12, you know, you know, like the, the new software, like fine, upgrade your software, like awesome. But we should be a little bit, you, you just got to jump and you got to go and you got to take an action. So let's step to the next one where, I mean, you, you, you are a relationship guy and you've done so well. It's, it's probably one of the most things I admire about you, Joel. I mean, you're very intentional and man, if, if your kids get the level of relationship that you understand in this world. I mean, what, you know, and, and as a, as a father of five children, right. I really honor that. And man, I, I want just a little of that to rub off on my kids. Right. And they will be so further ahead. So I, I think that's really huge. And you get into this relationship, you know, with a near shore, a near shore vendor and you're, you're paying them, you're, you're building your brand. And meanwhile, they're both becoming equally very successful because this, this minimal payment becomes a pretty big, significant business. And then the, the, the kind of cards all start falling. Walk me through this challenge that you faced. Yeah. So the facts about it were took a brand out of Mexico. They were doing, they told me about $2,000 a year in the US only, but they were big in Mexico. And I came along and said, I'd like to work with you. And I started buying. First week, I bought like $2,400. I called them a week later, ordered another $2,400. And then it took off from there. Over the years, I started buying over a million dollars a year from them and really growing their position here. I was not the owner. I was only a distributor. But I really helped and I did everything I could to grow that brand, build a solid relationship with the owner. Saw him like the rich dad, poor dad type of thing where he was my rich dad. You know, he was the yeah. a, a huge influence on my life, helped me tremendously to learn and grow. And I thought everything was perfect until... My clients, my wholesale clients, the stores that I was selling to started emailing me and saying, look at what we just got from that brand. And they're going around you. They're saying that they, we can buy directly from them. They didn't count on the relationships that I had built because all of those came back. And they all told me, you know, it's very unethical. We hate that someone's doing this to you because my clients got to see how I treated them very fairly. I always intentionally mm -hmm. under promised what I was going to do for them. And I always over delivered. That was my number one goal. I built these relationships with them. It helped me. Now, that doesn't take away the pain. It hit me so hard, Trent, when I got those emails. It was in the afternoon one day. I felt like someone punched me in the stomach, but like with a sledgehammer. It knocked me down to the point where I went home that evening and I laid in bed. I don't even know why. It wasn't even my bed. It was a guest bedroom. 
I was just laying flat on that bed. And my wife said, hey, come on, we're going to go to the barbecue two doors down. And I said, I, I can't go. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk to anybody. And she went at the time. We only had two kids. Now we have four. But she went with them. And about 20 minutes later, she walks back in the house and says, I talked to the neighbor, Jeff. He says, I told him what happened. He said, come talk. To I can't. I can't move. She kept bugging me and bugging me. And finally, I go, fine. I got up and I went over there. I sat with him in the backyard. And he's a, he's a smart guy and, and experienced in business, 11 years older than me. And he gave me this great realization that I'll never forget. I've since written him handwritten notes and sent them in the mail to thank him years later, just to say that moment changed my life. He said, Joel, you have good relationships with your clients, right? So, yeah, phenomenal relationships. And he knows that because he sees they're the ones notifying me. Hey, this is unethical. They should have done this to you. Yeah. And he says, they don't know those guys over there, right? In the factory. Nope, they don't. Why don't you just start your own brand? This is a sign. It's time for you to start your own brand. And to me, that was such a foreign concept. How could I, me, this kid who grew yeah. poor, how could I start my own brand? That's a big deal. I'm just the guy who buys from these guys and sells to those guys. I had no other choice. I was pushed up against the wall. I spent $80,000 on my first order of my first brand. And I did it. And within the first year, that brand retailed over a million dollars or in the first 13 months. And from there, one step after another, started developing a second brand, a third, acquiring other people's brands. That for me, Jeff Jordan is that neighbor, helped me realize that and, and really changed my life because I was I felt like I was going downhill. Mm. And I could have maybe leveled out, but that got me on a different trajectory that completely changed my economic life, my family life. Everything about my life changed that moment from the worst. If this was a lifeline and this was normal and this is a good moment, this is a bad those great moments always come right after a really bad moment. So sometimes when things go too well for me, I kind of want something bad to come and shake things up because then I can jump to another level. Yeah. It's one of the things I tell a lot of people, like I love challenges. Like I love when people are like, I'm the only one who's like jumping out of my seat going, our vendor just told us we're being fired. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> and they're like, going, no, 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 you didn't hear. Like it's going to be, I'm like, wait, we're going to turn this thing around and I'm going to, you know, cause we're going to all put all these brilliant minds together and we're going to figure this stuff out. And one of the things I want to jump back into this with you for a minute is man, the stories we tell ourselves, right? Cause you know, what I hear you saying is no, man, I'm a, I'm a middleman. I'm a middleman. You know, I, I went out and I got the product and I hustled and then I got the relationships, but I'm just a middleman. I'm just a middleman. And now you have to paradigm shift this whole thing and be like, wait a minute, why can't I be the manufacturer? Why can't I be these guys? Maybe not on their level, get it. But like, why can't I be? And it's so interesting, like you'd been in the business at that time a number of years. I mean, you'd built it up to over a million dollars. And out of all that time, like never did you go sit, not even sit, but just envision yourself in that chair. It wasn't until life hit me in a bad way. That's why having a bad situation come up isn't always a bad thing. Who knows what might come out of it? And that's right. I gave reasons maybe why I couldn't do it. And life forced me, other circumstances forced me to look at that possibility. So I'm super grateful for some of those bad moments in my life because they really changed things. And this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, that is. It's so powerful, man. And and we talk about that in life like all the time, like how crazy it gets. And... I'm always reminded of things that like are are such a battle in our lives. And we think like, Oh, like no one else really deals with, with these challenge. And, you know, and it's just like, 
wait a minute, like, how do you think this is going to shape you? And, and I always go back to James, James 2, 2, 1, 2, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let that perseverance finish its work. You may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Like, hey, man, here's the stone. Guess what? I know you think this diamond's going to be awesome, but right now you're like, oh, it's a little piece of crap stone. Well, wait till it gets polished and it gets all done. Everyone's be like, dude, I'll give you, I'll give you four, I'll give you forty five thousand dollars for that stone. You're like that piece of crap rock that somebody showed me a month ago. Like, yeah, that thing got shaped, man. That thing went through a hardcore process of just grinding that thing down in the heart of it. Like it doesn't look like that today, but like, these are what challenges are doing to us. And we're missing that because somewhere and kind of coming back to your media deal, right? Cause somewhere in there, like, yeah, you're a victim. You got a bad rock. You're, you know, you didn't get a fair deal. Other people got nice polishers and you didn't get a good polish. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what's happening and we're missing it. Yeah. You know, one of the, and I think it relates to this. One of the challenges in my book is, I don't want to give it all away, but it, it's it's about not feeling sorry for yourself, about stopping that, dipping it in the bud in the moment, right? I, and again, we have a society that that loves helping helping you feel sorry for yourself, not helping you get out of it and get ahead. Just poor me, I'm a victim. So I think it's such a serious problem that I dedicated a day to that about catching yourself. And I give examples about how you can mess up your day and start feeling bad. And then it leads you to have an argument with your wife because you showed up with a really bad attitude. It leads you to snap with your kids. There's a million things. But if we get really good at catching that early, we stop it. And I learned that years ago from a psychologist named John Gallagher, who helped me immediately. I visited him once just about frustrations and stuff. One visit. And when I get went back to him, I said, I've got some amazing news. I used the system you told me. I applied it. And that's what I talk about in that day's chapter. But it's just that. It's catching yourself really early. Someone cuts you off in traffic and that gets your blood boiling. And now you're, especially guys, girls are better. Guys are always, you know, raging and, and more likely to do that. But then you show up to work and everything's bad. Your boss or your employees present you with something. And all of a sudden you saw it negative. Your, your wife calls you and you go, I'm busy right now. It's just all bad. Mm. And, and then it takes you down this chain reaction. So if we get really good at catching that early, <laughs> it starts with not feeling sorry for ourselves. Someone cut us off. Guess what? The guy had to use the bathroom. The guy was in an emergency. He had to go to a hospital. The guy is a jerk. Who cares? He's a jerk to everyone. So the, everyone go. he gets off has to have a bad day. No, that's his problem. Mm. Feel sorry for him, not for yourself. Yeah. I love that. And I think of these stairs, you know, when you're going up, you know, I want to go up the stairs. I don't want to be at down the stairs. And I think we're either moving, you know, we're, we're always moving, right? So are you moving up on your line? Or are you moving down on your line? And that's a one trigger moment that all of a sudden you're going, Hey man, you're going to let that one moment take you three steps back because you can stop that right now. And on the next moment, take a little half step forward up those stairs, man. Like don't, yeah. and there's don't a, let this thing get you. And it's, a, it's easy to say these things because we're both agreeing with the exact same way of doing it. The problem is doing it. And here's, here's what I did. I, that day, this is before cell phones were as popular. It probably wasn't a note section. I kept a little pad of paper and a pen with me. And that psychologist taught me this like 20 years ago. The moment something upsets you, write it down. What caused it? Mm. What do you feel about it? And how do you talk yourself out of it? A guy cut me off. That's actually my example. It really was. A guy cut me off, got me super frustrated. 
But then number three, kind of talk yourself out of it. The guy's in a hurry. The guy's on the way to hospital. He's got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. He's a jerk. doesn't matter. Any one of those. Why am I letting that affect me? I wrote it all out. One little piece of paper, a few inches big. And I solved that problem in my life. And, and from that day, I got really good at catching things really early. I'm not perfect. My wife will still sometimes, sometimes have to point something out because I've showed her all my tricks yeah. so she can reflect that back to me. Hey, what about this? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Good. Thank you for catching that. Get your notebook out. Yeah. So, so let's let's go that really quick because that's really actionable item. Like, hey, things aren't going in your direction. Something just happened. Great. As opposed to just letting it stew, write it down, talk yourself out of it. Why? Hey, this isn't what you think it is. Like reframe it. Is that fair? Yeah. So, so the first thing is what happened? Just write that down. This guy cut yeah. me off in traffic when I was yep. heading northbound. How'd you feel? What did that spark in you? How did you feel? Yeah. So feelings. And then number three is where you explain it and talk yourself out of it. Yeah. How did you feel? And Dan, yeah, that's Yeah. And by the way, you're probably so good at that process. Now that probably doesn't take you more than two to three minutes to to course correct. Is that fair? 10 seconds. Seriously. It doesn't take yeah. more than 10 seconds. There's no more writing it down. It's a uh, guy cut me off. Uh, it really gets me upset. Oh yeah. Don't get upset. Remember he's a jerk done. It's probably five seconds or less. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal because you know, if this happened on the way to the show today, right. And then you're the guy who's at dinner tonight at eight 45 sitting again, you know what happened to me today? You know what happened to me today, honey? I was on my way to do the show with Trent and this dude cut me off. And you're like, do you're still carrying this 15 hours later? Like how much, how much of the stairs did you just go down that affected you the whole day? Like, yeah, but I'll tell you this, you there's something work. even worse than that scenario. At least if you could vocalize it to your wife, your kids, whoever, and say, this happened to me, at least they're going to understand your frame of mind and they can help you talk out of it. Most guys don't vocalize that. They just keep it inside. And now they're a grumpy person. So at least if you vocalize it, there's an advantage there. But again, most guys won't. So they just show up with that attitude. And now everybody, oh, what's wrong with him? Yeah. So you got someone carrying around 27 items of the day that they're just, that's got them, you know, imprisoned, imprisoned in this mess. Yeah. And the guy who cut you off, he's fine and happy. You're the <laughs> yeah, one he doesn't, he doesn't care about you feel bad at all. Right. All right. Hey, you know, you've been through these trials in your life. You've been through these challenges. I mean, you know, something like that happens, a dear relationship. Is there something in your life? People are going through challenges, Joel, today. Is there something that you do that kind of puts you back into the framework that you, I mean, you talked about this issue on a, on a small issue, but this is a bigger one. You're laying in the bed. You really can't get over it. Is there something that helps you reframe in a tough time that puts you back on your line? you know, back up the stairs? So for me, it really was in that, I don't know what, what, what I would have done that day had it not been for that neighbor, Jeff, who helped me out and talked me through it. But now, you know, success breeds success. You have a, something worked. You now can have that as in your toolbox to reflect on. So when I have something bad happen now, I just reflect back to that day and I go, that's right, Jeff, help me talk through it. And basically it was a similar thing. What happened? How did I feel about it? And talk my way out of it and come up with a solution. So that's the exercise that I do for this exact same thing. But I think back on that moment where that neighbor really helped me out. And, and I apply that going forward with other problems. It's awesome. I love it. So first of all, Joel, so much like just thankful, thankful for the relationships you've built. I mean, you've always been very intentional and we didn't really cover it today. We're running out of time, but you know, you're a guy who talks to actually your competitors. You buy people in the space, you're in relationship with them and you've cultivated that, that there may be a person you're in friendship with today and they are 
seven years from retirement and you're building it now that you'll be there when they're there. And Hey, like your brand is going to be in a good case and I'll take it over and, you know, we can apply it to our system. And I love that about you and, you know, your, your formula success. I love it. The 31 days book. I mean, we're so excited about getting into that. That's going to be awesome. And the stop it, like just taking that moment to stop as I was thinking about our time, you know, this week and from meeting, I was reminded of this quote. And let me, let me go back to my quote here is, man, I think I lost it. It was from Winston Churchill. And I was just immediately taken back by, you know, the optimism, right? Pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. And I was like, man, you know, that's, that really describes you to, you know, for me, Joel, and I'm just thankful you could join us today, man. And I can't wait till next time, buddy. Like it's so good. So for the winners, find a way show. Thank you to Joel Gandara for joining us, man. Super excited coming to you live from South Florida and his fulfillment center. And just really appreciate Joel. Really appreciate and honor the relationship, buddy. My pleasure, Trent. Great to spend time with you. Thanks, man. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.